0: Right. and we're back, and we're here out in the streets because I have nowhere to record anymore with Andrew. Oh, look, that building's tall.
1: Where Andrew? Where can uh, listeners hear or read your other stuff? Um, I'm always at gmanreviews.com. I have the Unday Movie Podcast there, and whenever I occasionally feel like writing more than three words, it's there as well. Awesome. <laughs> and what have you been up to lately? Um, lots of podcasting. I have an episode of Us to edit and put up, so that's going to be up soon. I was just on Ryan's podcast, The Matinee.
0: Right. Um, talking
1: about... Talking about... Um, I have forgotten Raging Bull. I was going to say Rocky in my head because I thought of boxing. Yeah, I saw But we talked about up. Raging Bull. Why Raging Bull? Is it, he... it was his birthday show, and he wants to talk about... Raging Bull. Black and white Martin Scorsese movies. Uh, he's so weird.
0: <laughs> that's like... It's such a Ryan thing to do. For my birthday, I want to do a podcast about raging ball.
1: Yeah, but the fun part was me just throwing nothing but Japanese craziness at him for the whole time. Really?
0: <laughs> so you didn't do like a twenty-minute football tangent talking no, about players and stuff? But I
1: did think about this on the way here. The last, the, I think it was the first time I recorded on your podcast. We went on crazy about the World Cup. Yeah, and today. Is the first day of the Women's World Cup. Yay. France beat Korea for love. Fantastic. It was a nice game. All right. You watched it? Yeah, I was watching it while I was working. <laughs> of course you were.
0: Of course you were. <laughs> so are you excited about the Raptors? I'm kind of like, I'm not out on basketball. I'm just like, I've never been in.
1: I am mm, excited. I've, I've been not into basketball since high school. And due to relationship adjacency I'm in basketball now, so you know. All right. I feel you.
0: Relationship adjacency. <laughs> That's a great way to put that. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole city's so excited right now and I'm just kind of I feel like a spectator. But it's fine, it's good, I'm happy. And then it's gonna be even one more funny thing for, you know, me to say to people when they're trying to talk to me about hockey and I'm like I'm more into baseball and then they mock baseball and I'm like listen baseball and now basketball fans can remember a period where they were alive and their team was good? Like won it all hopefully if Mm -hmm. the Raptors win it all but hockey fans like people's grandparents have died like holding on to the hope that maybe they'll win and like it hasn't happened so you know
1: I mean all you have to do is talk to West Indian cricket fans yeah they, they don't know they don't even remember what a good team was because the people who do they all have Alzheimer's and dementia now
0: that's dark it's taking a turn they're <laughs> gonna try to bring it back since it's pride month to something more colorful uh, we had uh, thoughts about what to talk about we went for rocket man because why? Why did you pick Rocket Man? I mean, I gave you two
1: options. Yeah. And you were like, you pick, and I went musical always. Oh. Okay.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, you like musicals. I went for it because um, Tiff was having one of their member events where there was going to be a Q&A with a live introduction and Q&A at the end with director Dexter Fletcher. Like the last, I think, three Tiff things that I bought that were special member events, it... Uh, did not go exactly as advertised. Dexter Fletcher couldn't make it here in time, mm-hmm. but at least there was a Skype Q and A. Unlike the Spider Verse special event I went to, where there was supposed to be a Skype Q and A with Jake Johnson, and then there was nothing at all. But uh, we can't get it working. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it difficulties. Yeah. So not really getting my value for my membership right now. We can put a pin and talk about that at the end How if was we that, remember. Anyways. How's what?
1: I How was the. The Q&A and everything. It
0: was good. I asked a question. And because of our hookups, what's up to my boy Sean Kelly, who was acting as a volunteer that night. I even got the hot mic. Mm-hmm. And I got to ask a question. And my question text was like, I actually added, wrote that scene, added it myself. So I'm like... I don't ask as many questions as I used to at TIFF things or in movies, but the last sort of few that I have either at TIFF or things like that, I get like the director saying, "Oh my God, we like talk so much about that, like in uh, Boy Erased, the the ending, like how they decided to do the order of the information and like the you know credit text Mm -hmm. over the credits." Um, Yeah, I asked about that, and they were like, "That was legitimately something that we went back and forth on a million times." He's like, "Great question." And because it was Joel Edgerton, I, like, you know, kind of, I was, I mean, you might have been able to tell, other people wouldn't have been able I was blushing like a maniac. It was just, it's very exciting.
1: When Joel a direct, Edgerton is blush worthy.
0: Yeah. When a director tells you, you asked a good question, though, or, like, it was, uh, you're asking a question of something that they specifically, like, muddled over and, like, pondered, It's it does feel good, but it also feels like maybe I've seen too many movies, and even though I think I'm being a good, like... Uh, Suspension of disbelief, film goer. I'm seeing the seams. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeing the the effort. I
1: don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, you kind of always get there, and I enjoy it. I mean, there are times I'm watching movies and I'm like, yeah, they didn't show that because they couldn't afford <laughs> the, the the budget for it, and that's a cute way to go around it. And yeah. that comes from the knowledge of seeing the the progress of films, which we've seen a lot of. I feel. In the Q and A, there was a funny moment where
0: somebody mentioned, as they were asking their question, Bohemian Rhapsody, and on the on the Skype, uh, Dexter Fletcher did like the Pretty Little Liars finger over the mouth kind of like we can't talk about that. So I didn't know like, is it that he legitimately like contractually just can't even mention that he was involved in Bohemian Rhapsody at all? Like, what kind of weird deal was there
1: with that? Because he's never mentioned, but everybody knows he helped finish it. Um, Well, I mean. You know the credit system, yeah, right, and how that works, and it's. He, I assume it's no different to anyone else's job being contracted, right? You sign certain documents, and dependent on what that document states, right? I mean, his move is not publicly on the film. His right. name isn't publicly on the film. Yeah. Right. So you know he whatever he's legally allowed to talk about, he'll talk about. Yeah, it's like and, a subcontractor yeah. thing. Yeah. And like the rest a- of it, we need to get him to a bar and. Yeah.
0: Well, I have seen him at Bar Hop before when he came here for Sunshine on Leith, so mm-hmm. I know he likes at least a one beer in the afternoon. He didn't overdo it. He just had, I think he just had a drink with a snack and then went back, because, you know, it's Dexter Fletcher. People aren't really recognizing him on the street or anything, and his hair's kind of wild. Yeah. He doesn't look like Lockstock Dexter like Fletcher anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not like some of, he's not like a Ewan McGregor who looks like what we remember him looking like. On the street, he can just stroll around. But yeah, overall, the Q&A, aside from the fact that he wasn't there in person, um, was okay. Uh, Cameron's sneakers were looking great. So he's doing a suit with sneakers. I liked it. Maybe things have loosened up now that Piers is gone. I've never been a believer in suits and sneakers. They're really crispy, like, sharp, white, looked like Mm fresh-out-of-the-box sneakers. Like, you could smell the tissue paper on them still. So he was pulling it off. But Cameron's a snappy dresser. Yeah. But yeah, Rocketman Okay, so uh, I watched it, saw the Q&A uh, Left I didn't leave that movie The way I left Bohemian Rhapsody Where I was full on I need to listen to Queen songs But I did in the bathroom start whistling A song and another woman was humming Like the same song So there was like this weird moment in the bathroom Where there was like a mini kind of like Musical thing started what about you? When you left the movie, were you singing? Were you playing music?
1: I've I've been like going through the Elton John since. Okay. I mean, I've always been very much an Elton John person. Yeah. I I love listening to his songs and his voice and his I don't even know how to describe it. I guess he's poppy rock kind of. Right, but it's more than that And the music on its own Like it's amazing I, I found it interesting How for like the first Half an hour It was just this child Musical mm. going on And I'm like Didn't expect that
0: Yeah it was very right? very, very kind of Matilda-ish mm-hmm. Yeah With the little Elton Yeah sort of in his short pants was he wearing short pants or was he just giving me like a short British short pants energy <laughs> was he wearing short pants he was okay right. yeah and like a little side part little side part like
1: his hair like it was very yeah I there was the the Elvis moment yeah yeah right. probably the funniest thing in the world I, I think that woman should have said to sh- what he said to what she said to her son Elton mm-hmm that's what my mother should have said to me she said enjoy it while you can, you can because you'll be bald <laughs>
0: as an egg by your, by your 20s I was so savage that mother was like the worst like West Indian auntie but to her kid I was not her energy was it was entertaining it was cinematic but it was not very nurturing
1: yeah I feel like I went to this with my girlfriend the one complaint she had was she was so upset at the mother for saying something she said to the child and my feeling about it was that I read this movie entirely as Eldon's interpretation yeah. and his memory. So yeah. it's not necessarily the exact word for word, but yeah. it's what he remembers, it's what he felt, what his parents right? made him feel. Right. So I didn't take it like. You know, they, I think they've been on record, Fletcher, not Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher. I, w- I was thinking about you talking about oh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. and not Fletcher. Um, Fletcher talking about the fact that this movie is not a bad pick in the sense that it's meant to be honest. Yeah. It's a bad pick in the sense it's more of a memory of what Elton remembers doing yeah. and his life, which is probably my favorite type of biopic
0: and by his own admission he did a shit ton of drugs so his memory in areas it is probably just like a musical (laughs) where people are jump
1: bursting into song Mm because he legit was high off his ass and I mean who wouldn't be as a pop rock star in the 70s right all of them were right yeah
0: it it, it does remind me of that Bill Nye line from uh, Love Actually don't take don't buy drugs kids become a pop star and they'll just give you them for free (laughs) <laughs> oh, Love Actually! What a great movie. I haven't
1: watched that in a while. Yeah,
0: I was I was thinking of it because I was watching an interview with Emma Thompson because Late Night's coming out, and um, somebody told her that Kit Harington said his favorite bit of acting in the world ever was her crying in the bedroom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good moment. It is.
0: Okay, yeah, back to the Huckerman. <laughs> here's I guess here's the other thing. It's like it didn't stick with me in the way like truly, you know, like some of my favorite or even least favorite films have. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it while I was there. And I thought about some of the outfits, but other than that, like I I'm not
1: I'm more into the glasses work than the whole outfit I feel. Yeah. Like there are a lot of glasses that go through lot of them are fantastic I, I think about that hearts one that you see in the beginning that kind of is the bookmark glasses
0: it's a strong spring for uh, glasses on film mm-hmm. Ali Wong in Always Be My Maybe
1: as well she wore a lot of glasses great I'm looking forward to watching that this weekend oh my god You're, you, you are in for a treat sir <laughs> yeah. i heard there's a great song in it which hmm There's a lot going on in that one. But, yeah,
0: so the one scene that I do occasionally think of because I'm filthy is the one sort of real, um, you know, camera pans up, like, so the bodies are out of frame, like, sex scene. Yeah. Because there isn't a lot of actual sex. Like, in the pre, like, run-up, people were talking about, oh, this one's not going to shy away
1: from, like, you know, (laughs) dickings, if you will. People people just play up that stuff too much and you know they're not going to yeah you, you, you know they're not going to go full on right it's just one of those things and yeah it's when i hear people be upset at that i'm like that's not the i don't know if that's the thing i want to be it's, upset at it's
0: not the point and i'm not upset i just kind of want a little bit more or it didn't even have to be more i just needed something that felt a bit more visceral and again i got to go back to broke back i always go back to broke back on this the the only time like I can recall a uh, uh, male on male sex scene really sort of seeming like, oh, this is like happening for real. This is like not cinematic in any way. It's not whatever. But again, the whole film was sort of a fantastical memory. But like that Brookbass scene just seemed like this is what's going to happen with two like closeted dudes at a 10 when they're up on a hill watching sheep or whatever the hell they were in that movie.
1: What was the Steve McQueen movie with Fassbender the sex? Oh, movie? oh, yeah, shame. shame. Like, well,
0: all of the sex, but that yeah. the sex was the point of shame. Yeah, broke back. It was like mostly a, I know a love story, although.
1: But I can't remember right no. now, which is like that for me, where it's like, oh, they went there. That yeah, like this good, is this but, happening? Yeah. But for me, like the thing about it is that even though this is technically a rated R film. Like I see these movies as their glossy products. Yeah. I don't and I and I know that they won't go there. I can't believe this has an R rating. It felt still very Well, no, they say they say curse words. Yeah. They they do a lot of substances and there's the one and there's the half penis somewhere. Is that there? I didn't really look for, but it's there somewhere.
0: It's not when um, the John Reed character is getting a blowy out on the lanai, is it?
1: That could be a part of whatever made it R-rated, but, okay. you know. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: we'll see about how it does money-wise. I think it's doing okay. Yes. The R-rating affects that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People went crazy when Deadpool made money But that's a superhero movie, so you know Yeah
0: <laughs> Superhero movie, it's Ryan Reynolds
1: It was like
0: it Did had he the show penis in that? Um, they had the whole pegging scene Oh, maybe when he was It was probably covered by prosthetic makeup Because I think it was when he was all like covered in Yeah I think his hospital again comes up Yeah Or fully gets burned off, I think In that <laughs> fight but so it's not like a fun, like, you know, history
1: of violence or not history of violence, Eastern Promises steam room fight. I can't wait until we get to, like, anime level nudity jokes. Yeah. Where, like, magic it, puffs of clothes just appear like over sparkles, genitals. Like sparkles, like rainbows. In yeah.
0: the perfect moment. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> and I did like that. I know you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. They... Not only did they dial down the sex and the, the drugs and that, they also made it seem like the other band people were not angels, but definitely you didn't see as much as what probably was going on. I like that the minute they hit L.A., Bernie's like just got mad game and picking up women <laughs> left and right because he's even the songwriter. He's not the guy on stage, so you know. But of course he had bad game. What are we talking about? He's a songwriter. Damn it.
1: Do you need a songwriter in your life? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was probably one of his lines, though. Yeah. I I just thought it was fun to see his progression because he's the real person in this movie. Yeah. Like, everyone else are, like, heightened versions of themselves. Bernie, like, he seems like the guy out of this story who, if you met, you'd be like, we could be good friends, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have trouble with you being, like, a crazy lunatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you were Elton John's friend, you had a ride. He was a good friend too. No, he was a good yeah. friend, but you knew you had those drugged out years and yeah. the all the other shit that came on. But
0: Elton was very needy. Like he wanted yeah. way more of. Uh, he just
1: needed love, with, yeah. and you understand seeing his relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real thing that latched me into this movie. Yeah, wasn't necessarily like the cruelty or anything, but just the way it was expressed of his desire for it. Yeah, right. So I think that it and his father. Yeah, it culminated in like that one big song, like when he was leaving home, where there were. I think the mother says something like, "You're, you'll never be loved mm-hmm. properly." Yeah, right. And he there's a whole song of. Um, Lo- about love. I can't remember which song it is right now. I feel weird.
0: That's the other thing. I can't remember what songs they use in what scenes, except for I'm Still Standing. Everything
1: else. That one stood out, and yeah. I'm Still signing. The one that I... Oh, our- and Bitch is Back. Bitch is Back. Oh, and Saturday Night's All Right. I was about to say that one, so now I feel like <laughs> you just, you just like, usurped me by me trying to disprove you by then naming another song.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, I mean, you know, there is Crocodile Rock, which was the, the big moment at the Troubadour yeah, Crocodile Rock which yeah. was is one of my favorite L. John songs yeah. I love the Crocodile Rock song it's ridiculous there is one of my favorite songs is during the John Reed relationship that moment where he's like ask for what you want you know he does the honky tonk yeah. song and they have like this crazy production around it mm-hmm. where it reminded me I don't know if you ever saw this but it reminded me a lot of Anna Karenina oh right the 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 one with Kira Knightley and directed by Joe Wright. Did not see that. Um, that movie is, I feel, a great primer for non-musical people. Mm-hmm. Because it's technically not a musical, but it does a lot of tricks as it relates to stage and real life, kind of switching between. And there's this one scene in that movie I adore in which the guy is like walking into a restaurant And they do this whole thing with him, like, turning around and having the waiters, like, pull off the jacket at the same time. And it's all choreographed perfectly. And it's beautiful. It's the kind of thing that you can show to someone and be like, do you like this? You will love musicals. Yeah. Because they do this even on a higher scale. You just have, like, singing involved as well. If you like this, you would also like. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that whole sequence with him and Reed, like... being in like the throes of their relationship where they're like going to like it shows you like them going to dinner going out shopping doing all these things and like the way they cut between them is almost like one continuous movement and the background changing behind them and it was this ridiculously colorful moment in a movie at Elton John it's not hard to have a colorful moment yeah but still like it stood out more than the rest for me it did Yeah,
0: the color, I you started talking about colorful moments, and I legit in my mind, now I'm just going through the clothes in my mind, like that, that rainbow jacket, mm-hmm. which, were rainbows even a thing for, like, gay people then, or did he just, like, did he start it? He started it. Did gonna, he start rainbows that, for no, pride? Yeah. I'm
1: just going to say he started it yeah. for the sake of
0: making it easy. That rainbow jean jacket was giving me all kinds of life. I want that so badly. Um, and then they did a lot of the side-by-sides where a lot of the clothes were, like, exactly recreated. And then other things. Oh, that was one of the things that they talked about in the Q&A. Um, some of the costumes, including the one that he's in, uh, in the therapy yeah, thing. The definitely. Um, it wasn't a real one, but uh, when they were going through the costumes with Elton, he's like, ooh, I would have liked to have that one. <laughs> so that's how they knew, like, because for some things they were exact recreations and other things. Um, so, apparently there's tons and tons, like, there's, you know, trunks and, like, storage rooms full of clothes. No. Because between, you know, his whole stage persona and his um, shopping addiction, there's just, like, a lot of stuff they had to work with. But they had to recreate a lot of the pieces because apparently Elton was quite quite slender back then. No. So they couldn't use the actual clothes on Taron. But, yeah, they said for other things where they... Re- like sort of reimagined, just like they did with the music, some of the outfits, the, the Elton check of, like, would you have actually worn this if it had existed then was how they sort Thumb- of made those, those like, final selections. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they more wanted that, ooh, I want. I wish I had that outfit. <laughs> yeah, that's what. But I love those, just the way he walked in those boots and the feathers and everything.
1: The One of the weird things for me watching films like this is having real people attached to their stories. Yeah. Like, it's it's one thing, and it's kind of weird to say, if, like, say, say, for example, to put the extreme, Bob Fosse making all that jazz. Yeah. Where he is doing a recreation of his own life mm-hmm. and telling it through this analogy, and I can already know that he probably... No matter how harsh he might have been to himself there's at least a good 50% in there, which is just lies. Yeah. Right? And made up for entertainment and whatever. Well, and
0: apparently furnished did a lot of the work on the script, and he was, mm-hmm. like, the, I guess, the EP that was, like, most involved.
1: Elton wasn't as involved as the hus- his current husband. Yeah? Yeah. But still, that attachment, I don't know how I feel about it sometimes, because you question... And, I mean, for this movie, it's less important, because... As we already said, it's not meant to be fact. Yeah. Right? Um, I think back to a couple of years ago, the Dr. Dre movie, the NWA movie. Um, do you mean the Straight Out of Compton? Straight Out of Compton. Yeah.
0: Right? And. I believe, I believe Ice Cube would take some umbrage at being called the Dr. Dre movie. <laughs> well, as with the Ghost Dre, of Easy,
1: Dr. Dre would not take umbrage with the way that movie ended. Yeah, although <laughs> I
0: mean, let's not start on that one because the whole Jason Mitchell fiasco is like something I don't want to unpack right now.
1: But I mean, just the concept of like the people being so close to the project. Yeah, yeah, that was
0: very sanitized as well. Their treatment of women in that was definitely mm-hmm. not accurate.
1: It's It's, it's we interestingly weird Yeah <laughs> Yeah um, Yeah That movie did have The best Shug Knight though Yeah <laughs> Of all the Shugs Of all the Shugs He's it the means, one
0: that made What seemed the most terrifying Like menacing Like Suge Knight Is basically Kingpin And Much like in Spider-Verse As Kingpin like Sort of looms Into the frame And you instantly feel This is menacing That's what that Suge <laughs> was like In Straight Outta Compton But good segue to most biopics, there's kind of like a bad person. There's like a reason um, our main character, the subject of the biopic, you can't, I guess you're not supposed to call them a hero. I don't know. It's not a whatever heroic tale, um, falls into some sort of ruin Mm -hmm. over which they must come and then rise again like a phoenix, which could also be a visual Thing for that outfit with the red feathers and whatever? Yeah, given that it's yeah. Elton John. Yeah, probably. he just dresses like a phoenix and goes, Guess he, what, guys? He probably has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he 100% probably has dressed like a phoenix before. Yeah, so, like, what do you think, or who do you think was, like, the the antagonist in this one?
1: The antagonist, um, it's the parents, right? It's all about that for Elton John in this story. It's all about him desiring love and his parents being shits, right? Yeah. Um, the father, like, it's weird to see the different kind of shits you can be. Because mm-hmm. the father, he's portrayed almost as this typical... Um, with distant, holding. Yeah. Distant man. And then and, you see him with family number two, and he's picking right? up the other kid. But he still kind of does the same thing a little bit, where, yeah. like... And the only difference, I feel, and maybe the movie didn't make this perfectly clear, was that those children... Oh, just mm-hmm. hold it for oh. me. Oh. Was that those children were less Elton-y? Yeah. And they were more manageable for him? Like, yes. maybe he just couldn't...
0: They put the man in manageable, right. basically.
1: He couldn't deal with his artistic son. Right. Like, he has that scene with those children where he's like, how dare you come outside without shoes? And he yeah. could see that same... Disp- the difference is that he, those children are probably just nice. Could be dealt with in his ways. Yeah. Right. Elton wasn't that kind of a child. Um, and the mother, in her own ways of being a shit, where she's just like, she, she'll she help you, but, you know, she's distant in her own ways, where she just is what she thinks is honest. Yeah. But not necessarily comforting and affectionate the way that you'd hope that relationship would be.
0: And the lovable gran was great but oh, like yeah. what happened when did she die did we get to see a funeral was he high <laughs> when she did like died she she couldn't still be alive because he's not young
1: uh, I don't know she was there that moment like when was that her when she, when they came to the house in LA and, yeah Yeah, that was her and she was like oh he used to be so shy yeah <laughs> uh, we all need a nice lovable old man yeah an old man Oh, old Nan. Just never dies. Just always per- perpetually old Nan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, what grandparents are like a lot for kids, though. They seem old when you're young. Mm-hmm. But then when you grow up, they're not as old as they may seem.
1: And now you must tell me, when did Elton steal your heart in this movie?
0: Um, I'm going to say... The scene where they're at the club, it's fairly early with the acts of color that he used to be backup for, and he comes out to Bernie, that was the moment where, not just I fell in love with him, but I fell in love with their friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. And I like that they just said the H word, like, just straight out like that. Like, he's a homosexual. And, like, there's a, a, a record scratch moment between him and Bernie. Cause they've like just moved in together, and he hadn't disclosed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was the moment. Like the the pauses. The like the, there was a lot done, and just like the looks around the table. Like the the black artist watching them. Like ooh, like I love to see this pop off. <laughs> like the the saucy, basically like unfortunately the sassy queen guy. Like who outs him, just kind of wanting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. and probably low-key being a little bit like put out that he's losing his like shy piano man that he could you know
1: live off forever
0: well no i was gonna say more like screwing back like before and after the show so he's probably just enjoying like his his little bit of like british on the side so yeah that was the moment that i i was like i'm all in on these guys
1: I always find those types of moments interesting not necessarily for like the record scratch moment but like the linguistics you use for that moment like you're in a casual moment do you still stick to casual lingo do you go a bit more scientific or real like using the homosexual instead of Whatever slang they would use, like yeah. I think he lists out a few slangs yeah. at that moment, yeah, just for effect, yeah, you know. He lists out all the slurs, mm-hmm. but yeah,
0: yeah. So that was <laughs> mine. What about you? What was your moment?
1: I mean, my moment has to be the time he's singing s- Saturday Night, right? And they show you him as an adult, and they kind of switch it mm-hmm. in that in that switch going through the going through the fence they go from teenage to yeah and i think it might be the first time i hear a real difference in the song like you can hear that like the child is singing kind of stuff yeah but the the actual difference in the arrangements and maybe it's just that it's also the first time you hear taron sing in Mm -hmm. that movie right it's and also, that was another song I loved from him. So to see it played in that way where it's made into the anthem of just going out and doing shit, mm-hmm. right? And it was a fun track, and to see the music play out. Like, the one thing I find interesting about this movie is, it, as a musical, it reminds me more of something to the effect of Across the Universe.
0: Okay, yeah. Rather
1: than a, let's even call it... A Bohemian Rhapsody-esque mo- movie where the songs don't matter; it's just kind of there to keep us moving as like a, as like a benchmark for the time we're in, right? This movie it feels like music video filmmaking at its best. Yes. Right, where they're kind of just playing with the fact that these songs exist, and we can have these ridiculous over-the-top sequences happen and we can play with it as much as we want from Saturday Night Mm -hmm. doing what it does from Honky Tonk doing what it does from um, I'm I'm Still Standing which weirdly enough I meant to do it after I saw the film I haven't done it I wanted to double check because of how it looked and felt I feel like they just pulled that directly from whatever his official actual music video from the time was. Oh. I haven't checked it. Like, that's exactly what it looked like. I think so. Yeah. Um, Like, I was almost looking closely when that came up to look and see if they snuck a shot of the video of Elton himself rather than (laughs) Taron.
0: Yeah, that... Was great And that was one of the ones That sort of started off Like a rearrangement And then it went into Like straight copy mm-hmm. But I'm glad that it Started off a little different Because Taryn also did that song And sang mm-hmm. As Johnny the Gorilla So um, I'm It sounded a little bit different The arrangement So I'm glad that It wasn't just a straight I'm glad the whole movie Wasn't just straight karaoke night Yeah It it was the songs were either reinterpreted or some of the lyrics are sung by different characters. That I think is
1: shared around the meanings. Yeah. So even that moment I love with when his parents are talking about loving him, and they kind of share that song about about how you feel love like it kind of feels more at that point and it makes you think more about music in itself because music most times it's one guy singing the song or one girl and you never really think about it as characters in a story right and i f- I always fascinated with this concept I was listening to someone talk recently to I can't remember which rapper it was But they were talking about the idea of types of music and the credence we give it, right? So no, it was David Byrne they were talking to, and he was talking to him about the song Psycho Killer, right? Um, And about how that was this interesting, just tale that he was telling us about a psycho killer. But nobody listening to that song at any point went, "Oh, you're probably a psycho killer." And then he's like, so no, when we talk about rap music, all of them are drug dealers. <laughs> because we have we, we don't give the music the credence to say that they're doing characters, right? Or they're telling us a story that isn't necessarily their story, right? They're, it's just a story, like any other movie. If we go and we watch Fast and the Furious, I don't think Vin Diesel is Dominic Toretto. Or at least, maybe I'm the only one, right? There are probably some crazy people out there who do. But... The way they do with the music, it kind of introduces that concept to people who maybe hadn't thought of it that way. And I really love it for that. Yeah. So yeah, music. Music's good.
0: <laughs> so you didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. So I did not. You cannot compare the performance of uh, Richard Madden as John Reed and Aidan Gillen as John Reed, basically just still being a little finger. Whether he's Tommy Carcetti or John
1: Reed, he's just, he's a little finger. So they did a Game of Thrones, like, double.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, what did you think of the John Reed character?
1: He was appropriately smarmy. Yeah. Right? And he did bad things. But he also didn't really present himself in the manner of which it would seem that a good relationship would start anyways.
0: Yeah. He was very emotionally manipulative and clearly out for uh, himself Mm -hmm. and isolating Elton from other people. And, I mean, it's basically what he does in, or how he's portrayed as a human being. I think think he was and I don't know if it's just because I'm more attracted to Richard Madden but I think it was somewhat more believable that this artist who probably has people throwing themselves at them all the time would get suckered into this guy's shtick. Whereas, like, the, the Aiden Gillian had to be more... It made him seem smarter. Still evil, but, like, more using manipulation as opposed to, like, magnetism to sort of do the initial reeling in and kind of um, trapping. But, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the character's not they're not given a lot to work with either so they get to be like a you know villain
1: with a capital B they're no there are no I mean, uncle Scar he's, he, he's obviously not a nice person yeah but do I think he's a villain not really like he did a bad thing in that he kinda took advantage of Ellen a bit but Ellen also was in the place where he wasn't smart enough to see that this wasn't going to work out well. Wasn't smart enough and was also really high a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, high, same thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so like it looks like almost like the movie makes it feel to me almost like a party foul. Yeah. Where it was a bad blip. <laughs> at the end of the day he just got out of it and they don't even make a thing he he leaves the movie in that moment where he's kind of screaming about contracts yeah and they don't even make a big thing about it so I don't know what the end question of that is as to how far he was exploited
0: well according to right? Wikipedia like there was like some leaked documents about his spending that led to like a lawsuit where he had to like pay out back like millions of dollars mm-hmm. so Yeah, they they definitely didn't go all the way into that But uh, to your point, that's what happens when you have someone really close to Mm -hmm. the person telling the story And also, I don't know if I want to waste, like, a song on, like, a court case (laughs) Hey, don't don't say
1: that to Lars von Trier
0: Yeah, or Cop Rock Have you seen Dancer in the Dark? No Oh Yeah? Yeah Okay
1: there's a court case song.
0: Okay, <laughs> and it's good.
1: It's good. All right. They got the guy from Cabaret to come back and Ooh. do that. The MC. Whoa, like the OG. The OG MC. Like dad of Jennifer Grey. Was, was it Joel the, Grey? Was that? I don't know his name. Was, he,
0: was I, he the original MC?
1: From from the movie, from the Cabaret movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I think I thought it was Joel Grey. I I don't know his real name. I could be. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> We'll look that up later, listener. You might, <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> it's been a long day, honest, uh, listener. I had a few hundred fears last night. So, you know, the fact that this has been even like somewhat lucid and stayed on like Target, uh, no one's more surprised than me. Well, you know, that's why I'm here to help. You do help. You're great. <laughs> so let's, you know,. Overall, uh, would you recommend somebody who likes musicals to see Rocket Man, And would you recommend somebody who doesn't like musicals to see Man? Because they're two very different... <laughs> like, there's the odd musical out there where I'm like, even though I know you're not that into musicals, you still wouldn't hate this movie. For this one, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who doesn't like musicals. I don't think
1: I would, no. Yeah. Because, like... I- Like, it's not the La La Land of musicals. It's not the easiest of musicals. And also, it's very jarring when they started, where you're like, oh, this is the type of musical we're in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think I would recommend it to non-musical people. Um, I mean, if you're super into Elton John, you'll be fine. You'll kind of just skirt on the fact that you love music. Um, But not really. But for musical people, sure. Like, it's a fun time. And I think it's a bit of a messy movie. It's not a perfect movie, but it's still a really good a really good film and Taron is really fucking good in this movie he's really good he's really good Jamie Bell's
0: really like there's no there's nobody who's like oh you're being really out outacted mm-hmm. they're all they've all elevated their game from other things we've seen them do I mean it's no Billy Elliot for Jamie Bell like he's been better <laughs> but it, it's still pretty good
1: Jamie Bell is like I know what good things are
0: yeah he mostly does. He
1: doesn't do a lot, but he mostly does good things. I rewatched Billy Elliot recently. Yeah, love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. You should have done some dancing in this one. Yeah, I wish.
0: Like just, just whip out a pirouette or something. <laughs> a little pot of bra.
1: Give me, give me some
0: of that. Dance, Billy, dance, action. Yeah. So for Tiff, um, this year, uh, for financial reasons, due to my very recent unemployment, I'm and I haven't bought my packages yet. And the whole no Jane show of it all I am still 50-50 on like seeing more than like 10 movies Yeah I know I'll probably end up seeing 30 again But I like (laughs) legit Like this is the first year in ages That I've waited this long to even buy my packages I bought mine the other day I bought
1: a 20 Yeah And I'm like we'll see how it works out
0: Okay So Um. even you bought your package before me That's crazy I have to buy my package I have to buy my package if I'm going But I'm just so bummed about Jane not being part of it anymore
1: i've already pre-planned to like take like four days off and yeah do what's going on
0: yeah well right now i might be off and not be able to afford to go or i might have just started a job and it'll be super awkward like hey
1: hey guys i'm gonna take off a week to
0: watch movies which people still don't get like just they... like
1: just like be like um long lunch yeah. i'll be back later
0: <laughs> yeah no i always disclose it's kind of It's not like coming out, obviously. It's Pride Month. I'm respectful of that. But it is, you have to explain this thing that you do that a lot of people don't to people who just can't understand it. And they have a lot of questions and they think you're strange for what you love. And you have to defend it. I always just tell people I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Well, there is, they tell me that with the way they look at me when I tell them I'm taking off a week to see movies.
1: My girlfriend asks me if she'll see me at all. And I'm like, questionable. Yeah, you don't probably know. Probably not. Not sure. Because once you're out in them streets and you see your other movie <laughs> nerd friends like me and whatever,
0: there's like the meetup at the bar, there's whatever, you pick up extra movies, somebody's like, hey, I've got a ticket to this. So yeah, you're out. <laughs> you're out in them streets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just talking about it, and because the weather's nice today, it's legit, listener, the second like full nice day we've had in 2019. Do you like, think
1: this 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 bodes well for the Raptors? Because people have been making jokes that they've been doing well because they've been tricked into thinking it's still fall. Oh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good.
0: No, they beat they beat Golden State in like the regular season. I think I think they have a shot. I didn't think. Here's the thing Before they got in the playoffs I didn't think they had a chance Of getting there (laughs) But I did say If there's any year That they should Just like Pull out all the stops It's this year Because LeBron Like Their their, their key blocker The whole LeBron With us always seeing Cleveland early In the playoffs They didn't have that That blocker this year So You know It could happen
1: this feels like talking about Champions League where people are like, yeah, Barcelona got knocked out early.
0: <laughs> I, I do find it strange that allegedly so many Americans are rooting for the Raptors. That's like
1: weird to me. I think it's just Batman. People just don't like the fact that the Warriors have been dominating for, what, four years? Yeah.
0: So do do the winners of the NBA get invited to the White House? I I think think they do. I I assume with this president they don't, or maybe they've just been declining for the past
1: couple years. I think the NBA, specifically, given at how its racial ratio is, I feel more so like they just. I know know they they, went
0: when Obama was there, but I didn't know know that was like a regular thing. They just know not to
1: invite the NBA winners
0: now, right? And offer them hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, I guess it will be interesting because if the Raptors win, will they then also be invited to Trudeau's house?
1: Well, I mean, you never know.
0: That's That, that that's, should happen. That has, there's the invitation never been occasion, should be given. Yeah, there's never been occasion to have it before because there's only, well, I mean, Vancouver had a team briefly, but they, there's never been a Canadian team that's won it. Yeah. So this is an interesting... Uh, you know the performative political nonsense that happens after a team wins any sort of big thing. Like usually they there's certain players that are pre-booked like on those big shows like your Kimmels, your like, mm-hmm. your you're nighttime Jimmys yeah. and Jameses and such with the Stephen I think as well. But yeah, like they have all of that set up, and it, most of the players are American yeah, or so it's just a hop whatever from wherever yeah, they are. So all of that happens, but then the other stuff. The sort of either going around a country or whatever. Like, stuff that, you know, Canadian teams used to do when they used to win the Stanley Cup. Will there be some NBA version of that? Like... I'm pretty sure there's the going to be touring some version from, it. like, you know... You know, they'll start off, like, in Halifax, near, like, where Africville <laughs> used to be. And then, like, travel out, like, finish in Vancouver, where the, the basketball team that they had used to play or something. Like, I don't know. Like, how does the post... Um, Win to work Look for a Canadian team that wins I just kind of say like Yeah we did it And then they go to bed Yeah (laughs) Well Whoever uh, The Raptors uh, event coordinator is Right now I'm also thinking of you Because you have some new New challenges to solve Really this year That others uh, Haven't had to Yeah
1: They have more work
0: Yeah Who knows We'll see We'll see Yeah So it's pretty chill. It's nice out. The sun is, you know, playing hide and seek behind a series of condo towers. And I think we should go grab a bite or a drink, something. Definitely. Yeah, let's do that. I need dinner. I need... I'm so hungry right now.
1: Okay, we're definitely eating now.
0: Yeah, we're going to go eat and, like, basically work our way... To some place, any place that may hopefully not be completely overridden by Raptors fans, which I think is almost impossible. Even bars and restaurants I know that don't have TVs, like set up like <laughs> screens and stuff to play
1: the game. So we'll see what we'll happens. find some. Don't worry. Okay. All right. So overall, Rocket Man rocks. You know? Yeah. I mean, the only upset part you have is no one referenced Nicolas Cage from, from Face-Off. Not face off From The the Rock Oh yeah Right For, for anyone to ask Are you the Rocket Man Have you ever heard The Rocket Man Oh wow I love that movie
0: We're not gonna go on A Nicholas <laughs> and change it That's like another half hour I, That's that's my job
1: Just tangents
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was great Okay well uh, Next time I do this With you I don't know it might be before Tiff when we're picking our stuff, maybe? Yeah. That sounds good. If you're seeing 20 this year, that could be a conversation. I'm plotting 20. Okay.
1: And we'll see how that number grows. (laughs) All right. Because I have this bad habit when I do it to just be like, oh, I can add five more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so listener, if you want to hear Andrew's buttery voice, uh, what... The last podcast you were on Was the matinee movie. The matinee
1: was the last one That's live Yeah um, And probably around the time This goes up There'll be a new episode Of the Unnamed Movie Podcast With us talking about us Jordan peels us I
0: was talking about us Yes Okay Alright Yeah I still haven't seen us I'm a bad black person Yeah Are you I don't know Okay I feel like really in, If my name's not Diamond or Silk I'm pretty much okay Like I think it's just those two That are really the bad ones right now Even Omarosa had a little change of heart and then I think other we guy. should
1: wrap up here now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect <laughs> end point there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>